Welcome to the Magic to the Mind podcast, a space for all witches and magical people alike. My name is Maya, and I will be your host. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in today. As I said before, my name is Maya, and this is going to be the first episode of the Magic to the Mind podcast. Um, Just a forewarning, if you hear any strange noises in the background, I am currently surrounded by cats, which is very fitting. Um, So that would be the source. The podcast format is completely new to me, so I just want to come and say if there are any technical difficulties or if the audio is a little bit janky, my apologies. I am gonna slowly get into the flow of this and just get more used to doing long-form content again. To be completely honest, I make a lot of content on social media and it has a tendency to become a little bit more short form lately, which doesn't speak to me as much because I prefer to have a way to get my words across that is easy to understand and goes into depth on topics that are a little bit more complicated, have a little bit more nuance to them, and just get into the details of witchcraft. Because as a witch myself, personally, a witch who's been practicing for a really long time, I... (laughs) The one thing I've really learned about witchcraft is there's no right answer, and everybody's path is super personal. So as beautiful as that is, there's not really one guidebook onto how to be a witch. You know, it's not like your standard organized religion where they'll give you an old book with a lot of scripture and give you the exact instructions from an institution as to how to practice. And for me personally, I actually, um, I have had a inclination towards these type of practices before I even had come into adulthood. So I never really grew up in a family that was really persistent on organized religion. I definitely know people in my life who have had trauma related to organized religion, and I've noticed a really common takeaway in the community that comes in with witchcraft and paganism is a lot of people have suffered from trauma related to organized religion, which can make witchcraft and paganism more comforting, it's more of an accepting place, and it's not going to be so rigid. It it allows you the room to grow as a person, not only in your spiritual practice, but just in your life in general. And for that reason, I like to come in and say this. Since it's the first episode, I want to preface this with, I do not believe that you personally, one, have to consider yourself anything when it comes to your spiritual practice even in your life, even in your career. I think that labels, while beautiful for those people who need structure in their life, can also start to feel limiting. I personally consider myself a witch because I love the archetype and I love what it has brought to me in my life, not only as a woman, but someone who's experienced a lot of turbulence and has a connection when it comes to veneration for nature and the elements of the world around me. But what I do want to say is this. I believe that these teachings, I believe that this form of magic, as people who practice the occult mysticism or witchcraft call it, is just universal energy. It's source, it's life, it's in everything, and it is not off limits to anyone. The premise of magic is, and this is why I like to say magic to the mind, this comes into the idea of the podcast name. 
what we consider magic to be, and not everybody has the same definition of this, again, something really open-ended, there's a lot of discourse, but from my readings, from what I've related to, personally what I describe magic as is basically a type of subtle energy that is inherent in anything that can be redirected with intention, purpose, or ritual to bring a desired outcome. And sometimes what I'd also like, and I'm going to get more into all the different attributes that come with this, but one thing that is interesting is that we're constantly doing magic. Magic isn't always done intentionally, even though intention is part of it. It's very easy to practice magic subconsciously. When you surround yourself with certain frequencies and energies, those become the most prominent aspects of your life. And I don't mean this in a way where, you know, if you have a negative thought, it's going to take over and it's just going to come into fruition right in front of your eyes. But I, I think what magic has to do a lot with, and this is why you see the use of repetition, chanting, um, cer- certain elements being repeated, is it, a lot of it has to do with consistently surrounding yourself with something and making the effort to make that an aspect of your life. So the reason I bring this up is because anything can be brought into your life, whether that's positive or negative, through intention and focusing on these subtle energies around you. Not only is this something that can be done purposefully, which is what witches do, we we try to change our lives in the way where we want to come into what what commonly is referred to. And I, I honestly don't love this term, but this is just, I feel like, a way that everybody can relate to it. It's to the higher self. It is your quote-unquote best version, most evolved version of yourself. I think that there is, that all of us are always in tune with our highest self because whatever version of ourself that we're putting forward right now is going to be part of that progression to become an evolved version of yourself. So you don't want to discount, and that's why I don't like the term highest self necessarily because you don't want to fully discount those other aspects of yourself. You know, we like to use shame in a, in a lot of different cultures, but I feel like in Western culture, there is this sense of shame. And that can also apply to younger or different versions of ourselves that have happened in the past. I don't want you to take this terminology and say, well, those were lower versions of myself. They were not. They were just you becoming who you are now. And if you're at a point where you want to step into a version of yourself that lives life with purpose and intention and is able to bring positivity or purpose into the things you're doing, that isn't necessarily higher. It's just you progressing to a certain point where you know you're ready for something more. And that's what witchcraft is. A lot of people, since there's so much exposure to the concept of leave things in the hand of God or especially in Abrahamic religions, people are so used to the idea of you are powerless and all you can do is get on your knees and hope for the best. I think a lot of people come to think that people who have an inclination towards the occult, witchcraft, or mysticism think they have this immense type of godlike power. There's no belief that we are 
inherently more capable or more powerful or more connected to unseen energies. Every person has the same ability to tap into these elements around them. It's just the application of it. The only difference is that the archetype of the witch, in a sense, it kind of relates to the aspect of the wounded healer. Um, But more than that, it almost ties back into healing yourself. Because when you look at the archetype of a wounded healer, it's somebody who has something deeply inherently that has injured them or hurt them, whether that's emotionally or physically. But they have found a way to basically subdue that and focus on the healing of others. I think the difference between that archetype of the wounded healer and the witch is that the witch's intention is not only to heal others but themselves. And I think they do that purposefully, and this is why the redirection of subtle energy is so important, is because they believe that they can serve others the best if they have the ability to see things from this opened perspective. And that comes down to dealing with these deep wounds within ourselves, understanding them on a deeper level, and then asking for a higher energy or a healing energy, what a lot of people will refer to as divine or the universe or God, whatever whatever that whatever wording suits you in that. We're not only saying we're going to try and take this into our hands and do the best we can to heal ourselves and then the world around us, but we're also going to use this inherent energy to our benefit because it is there to be molded. There is no natural attribute to this energetic force. It can be, it's almost like a blank slate in a sense. Whatever energy you put forward and into it is going to manifest. And the reason that this is so natural and that witches don't even believe in what people call to be the supernatural, they believe what they're practicing to be natural is because we are made of it. We are made of this subtle energy and this energy is part of us. It's in the water we drink, it's in the food we eat, it's in the world around us and the earth. And just like you can cut down a tree and build a house or cut down a tree and make a thousand axes, <laughs> there this energy is there to be used with whatever intention you put forward. And that's why witches will apply this energy in a way to almost accelerate this healing to accelerate this positivity, to give themselves and those around them the environment to find harmony and focus on their craft. And then the part where this becomes a little more open-ended is many people ask, why? Well, okay, what's the overall purpose of this? You get to this harmonious, elevated state, right? You get to the state where you can flow with the aspects of your life and flow with the aspects of the world around you without having to push against them all the time to get the things that you feel you want or need. But after that, then what? And that is completely up to the interpretation of the person who's practicing. See, witchcraft isn't necessarily a belief system. Witchcraft is a tool. Witchcraft is something we practice. What's different and what applies there is what do you want to do from there? That You know, there's Christian Christian witches, there's 
pagan witches, there's no determination as to what you believe this subtle energy applies to. That is up to the individual. And for me personally, I'm pagan. And you go, what does that mean? That's an umbrella term. For me personally, I am a multicultural person. My background comes from a lot of different places around the world. And for me, when I came into working with deity or working with divine energy, the application of aspects of humanity, um, whatever is past humanity, and then nature in general, I wanted to have those forms be something that I felt like I could identify with and that I really, really liked the archetypes behind. And I, the reason I chose a lot of pagan deities to put my focus towards is that, and when I say pagan, I primarily work with Mediterranean and Celtic pagan deities. The reason I say this is because I, I do not like the concept of perfection in god forms. For me, I prefer these deities that I'm working with and looking up to to teach me something and to have attributes that I can learn from, but not coming from a place of they've never had any sort of struggle. They are perfect forms that have just existed and continue to. And when I hear the story behind these archetypes and these deities I look up to and hear how relatable some of them are to attributes of humanity, it makes me feel like I can learn from them and that I can really resonate with the philosophy behind these lessons that come from the mythology or the archetypes. And not only that, but I'm a person who applies animism and also just veneration of the earth and nature around me because I don't like to accelerate, like, I don't like to go past this source around us that I believe is in everything and just say, well, there's, you know, let's go to heaven, right? Heaven's a beautiful place. And once I die and all of this is over, then it's just going to be perfection. There's these pearly gates and these clouds in the sky and everybody has perfect with no flaws. And then who am I? Okay. Yeah. You sure you can repent for your sins, but I am, you know, this technically still an imperfect, imperfect being. Um, and you look at nature which is what we are comprised of, there is perfection in this imperfection. There's these entire life cycles built into different (laughs) structures that come from the smallest cellular forms up to the most massive things we can see. And once you take those things and you learn from them, You start to find patterns in everything. And to me, that is divinity. The fact that everything around us somehow has come to exist in this way that, in quotes, almost seems supernatural, right? The fact that we are here on this earth right now. You know, every individual person. The fact that there was this harmony that came to fruition, that all these stars, quote-unquote, stars aligned, for you to be born in that moment, for that egg and that sperm to combine, and then for you to be a baby, and then a baby who experienced all these things, and in a baby that came to this place to talk about this thing, I believe in synchronicity. And I believe in synchronicity in human nature. I believe in synchronicity in nature. I believe in synchronicity in energetic forms and div- in divine forms, divinity. 
So that's personally why I consider myself to be pagan, because I believe that there is, and I, I personally experienced this, this, and I think that most people have tapped into this unseen energy around us, and that they're 100% is so much going on outside of our human perception and that with this is this is a little bit away from the paganism but with these applications from witchcraft and mysticism you can tap into these things more but um for me the application of what i'm doing and the application towards this paganism and these belief systems that i hold is that i am trying to I, th- I think what I really, really want from this, and once I there's that harmonious point that I was talking about, people are like, but then what? What I mean is that I, my then what, is just to stop asking. <laughs> I think my goal is to find so much peace in presence that I stop putting myself into these projections of anxiety that come from anticipation that I can live fully to every single cell in my body to feel completely alive and present and almost find that life in everything around me whether that's humans whether that's spirit whether that's earth and nature and elements, it's, I just want to feel a sense of harmony. And the more I practice, the more I apply these tools, the more I feel that way. And I talked about this recently on social media, and a lot of people really, really resonated with this, which was the com- the, the concept of vibrancy in childhood. And I believe that when we are born, before we have these agreements and um you probably know where that comes from if you if you read a lot of books on metaphysics but before certain belief systems and restrictions are placed upon our tiny brains and it starts to happen pretty quickly but i i i think and this is personal this is personal for me and i've noticed this in a lot of people i've heard the same sentiment where it's i felt like i could see so much more i felt like i could tap into so much more i had genuine conversations with imaginary friends or I saw things glowing. It's almost what you hear people refer to when they take psychedelics. Personally for me, I I actually have a lot of interest in psilocybin, but I don't I don't indulge in psychedelics. I am completely sober um for spiritual reasons. I'll do another episode on that and probably bring some people into my life because I have a lot of people that I want to interview about sobriety, but it's taking the veil off of perception that has been molded for you. Once you do that, and you know, again, that's why I brought up the psychedelics is that assists in it for a lot of people and you see this new movement of people who are so interested in delving into what is considered to be unseen, which I just refer to as the subtle energy, is that this is such a real aspect of life and reality, but it gets taken away from us because it doesn't serve a certain narrative. And it can genuinely change your life. And for me personally, and I think a lot of people who practice witchcraft 
we have an inclination towards subtle energy, whether that's in childhood, we feel it really in a strong sense, or just in general, you know, throughout our lives, and we want to get back in touch with it. So for me personally, my way of, you know, instead of psychedelics, I practice witchcraft. And I practice paganism as well. I think a lot of people do it for that same reason. I, I, this is totally up for interpretation, whatever you perceive mediumship to be. But I am a medium. Um, I've been a medium since I was a child. And I'm mostly clairaudient. And I'm going to talk more about that in relation to also divination. But um, everybody, I believe, has a type of mediumship or a, you know, second sense, whatever you call that. But, and also people just refer that into that as intuition or a gut feeling, which valid too, you know, that applies to psychology. I'm a psychology major. I don't separate these things because I believe science to be very spiritual. So I, I think for a lot of people who have a natural inclination towards witchcraft, we're naturally inclined towards mediumship as well, which everybody is a medium, <laughs> but some people just have it less blocked than others. And at points, you can notice it start to dwindle or strengthen. And I think a lot of people also question, why is that? So then there's the aspect of knowing what it feels like to be tapped into these energies and strongly wanting to come back to them because they change your life for the better, at least in my personal experience. When I am tapped into the subtle energies around me, I have such a more positive, active, living experience. And that's why for me personally, I do believe that there is, I don't believe, you know, energy cannot be created nor destroyed. So in my mind, when we die, it's a transition. It's not an ending. But I also don't, (laughs) I'm not necessarily, I'm definitely not agnostic. I strongly believe that there is so much more to what we believe to be perception. But I also don't know exactly what comes next. And I don't, I also don't want to be so full of myself. Um, And this is not to, you know, diss other religions that have a a completely played out afterlife in their writings. That's like, this is what it is. (laughs) I don't want to say that's not correct. But I think if we can't even, if we can't, know for sure what's going to happen next month. Who are we to say we know exactly what our next life cycle or energetic cycle is going to be? So I pray. I practice deity work. I practice divination. Tune, I tune myself to these energies. But what I want to do is not assume that I know what's coming next. And I want to do the most I can to stabilize this version of my physical body and mental body so that I can tune into my spiritual body and make sure it isn't a good place for what happens next. And then you hear about people talking about the astral plane. Um, and when you talk about, when you practice witchcraft, you know, a lot of these extrasensory abilities also come into moving out of the physical a little bit um and then you are like whoa okay I get what people mean by more than the quote-unquote physical so 
Um, do I believe in a specific pagan afterlife? No. Do I believe that energy shifts and changes and that there is something that is different from this physical reality that I'd like to prepare myself for in the ways that I can? Yes. <laughs> so that is my why. It's presence. It's coming to a life that I can not engage in strife so actively. And then just basically getting my energetic and spiritual self into shape. This is just <laughs> witchcraft in a sense is like, go, like, you know how they have what you do mentally to get yourself mentally fit, physically fit. And then I just believe uh, witchcraft to be what you do to get yourself spiritually fit. So that may have been a bit long-winded, um, but I really just wanted to put my purpose statement out there and explain what magic is and why magic to the mind. Why that? <laughs> so basically magic to the mind, the reason I call this podcast, and it's also going to be the name of my book that I'm currently writing, but it's to apply magic in an intentional sense and apply mindfulness to it. Because again, like I said, everybody is practicing magic. But when I say magic to the mind, it means tying that magic to the mind so that when you take these actions to engage with the metaphysical or to get, engage with subtle energies, you're doing it in a sense that you know will serve you and your future. And my personal practice relates to a few different types of intentional magic. Um, it relates to earth-based and elemental-based magic, which is what you most commonly relate to it. It's when you go to your, you know, metaphysical bookstore, just your standard bookstore, and pick up a book on spells or witchcraft. It's where they're involving things you can find in your garden or things you can find in your pantry. And you're using these, these elements from life and from the world and using the subtle energy from them to create a purpose and an intention. And then using your own energy to propel that. That's what people standardly perceive magic to be. But then there's also ceremonial magic, which most times doesn't involve many tools, if any. Um, it relates more to meditation, trance work, tuning into deity and working with other forces that hold more strength or energetic ability and asking them for their assistance. And I do a... Let's say like... Gosh, I'm trying to find percentages in my brain. Okay, it's about 50-50. That's probably wrong. But um, I do both a lot. And I believe that they have equal value. And I'd like to teach about both. Because they're both taught about. But I'm trying to make this a user-friendly way to talk about witchcraft. So that everybody can find application to it without making it seem super mysterious. Again, because the writings about witchcraft are very diverse. So I'm just going to put forward the tools that I believe will help you the most into finding your own path. Because I think whatever suits you is going to be the thing that will serve your craft the most. So let's say you try ceremonial magic and it's not your favorite. Okay, you don't have to do it as much as magic that's rela related to earthly attributes. Um, if you prefer to be more involved in deity work and the majority of your practice is praying and offerings and you only do other aspects of the craft on occasion, that's also okay. It's about the person. I also really just want to focus on normalization 
of the craft and desensationalizing it a little bit because people either perceive it as and not everyone i'm not trying to put like the term of like everybody perceives witchcraft in a negative light that's not what i'm saying but there is a really high consensus of people who are like witchcraft bad not good or (laughs) they think it's just like fantasy it's not what you see in the media. There's so much misinterpretation, even of shows and movies that try and represent it in a correct way. Like, I have a bone to pick with the Sabrina series, the new one. Let me tell you, I'm not going to get into it. I don't have time. But the way they represented pagans was just, ah, oh, no. Um, <laughs> so that's what I mean about normalization is I want to in a sense, try to separate the negative connotations and the media's interpretation of witchcraft is from what it actually is, which is it is a spiritual and for some people religious practice. Um, It is a tool that is related to other belief systems and it's really personal and there's no right way to do it. So we don't all believe the same thing. We all look different. We all come from different places. And just like you wouldn't believe every single Christian, Catholic, Buddhist, any sort of spiritual practice to be like everybody else's, that's the thing about witchcraft. It's a practice. It's not dark sorcery with, you know, a negative perception of the world or people who are totally out of touch and just (laughs) think that they're living in Lord of the Rings. there's, There's so much misconception. And even people, and with peace and love, even people in this community, community of witches, at times can, for fun, whether it's for fun or just because they like to do it, sensationalize certain aspects of witchcraft to either make it seem (laughs) almost how it's portrayed in the media or just only focus on one aspect of it and not leave it open for interpretation and for everybody to gain something from it in their own way. I want to normalize what the craft is, which is a spiritual practice. I want to teach what healed me and what I've gained so much from, provide more accessibility. And I'm just at this state now where I don't know if any of you have heard the saying, which is like, learn one, do one, teach one. I might be saying that wrong, but I have, and I'm obviously going to continue to learn one and do one. That never ends. Witchcraft is something that you never stop learning about because not only when you are reading about it is there so many different viewpoints and so much information but it's also something where you're gonna learn more from just practicing yourself but when i say learn one do one teach one i feel like i've learned a lot from the time that i've been practicing and then not only that but i've also been a very active practitioner which i'm blessed to be able to be. I I do work and I do go to school. Um, But for me, I found witchcraft is one of the most important things in my life. So I've tried to delve into as many different aspects of the craft as I can that are open to me as a person and just I feel I can learn something from. And I've I've just at the, I've been at this point where I really, really want to teach about it in a way that comes across clearly and that I would have loved to hear when I was starting my craft. So um, today I just talked, I wanted to do a really introductory episode where I talked a little bit about my personal philosophy and 
see for those who are tuning in if they align with this and they want to go forward listening to this podcast. And I definitely want to, I want to talk more about my personal craft, but this is just like the base of it. This is just the bare bones aspects of witchcraft that I like to apply. But I'm going to definitely teach more about applicable aspects of the craft, how to start practicing witchcraft and the different types of witchcraft. And I really, really hope to interview witches from different walks of life in this podcast because I personally practice a very specific type of paganism and witchcraft that applies to me culturally. So I'd like to interview those who practice differently from me. So those who are listening to this podcast, if they come from different cultural backgrounds or have different interests, also get to listen to witches from different walks of life and have the opportunity to see how that applies to their personal interest in the craft. Because as I said earlier, everybody's individual practice is so different. And I think that's so beautiful. So I want to learn more from other people that I bring onto this podcast and also hopefully learn more about myself and my personal craft. And I also just hope to gain insight because I feel like, uh, as I said earlier, you can never learn too much about the craft. You can never learn too much about mysticism or witchcraft. There's always something else to discover. So really quickly, um, before I wrap this podcast up, I or this episode, not the whole thing, but um, before I wrap up, I just want to give a small snippet of advice for those starting. Thank you for listening all the way through if you have gotten this far. I, I think what I really want to speak on as I've seen this, this start to kind of trend recently is labeling your craft. I want to I want to say what really would have served me when I started was to not expect my craft to look a certain way or expect myself to apply to a certain title or label because things shift and give yourself what I would recommend is really to give yourself the room especially when you're beginning and you're understanding your personal philosophy for things to shift in your craft. So what I mean by that is you know there's this common consensus now of like different types of witches. I'm a hedge witch. I'm a sea witch. I'm a forest witch. I'm a cottage witch. I, you know, I used to think that was so interesting. I was like, oh my gosh, because as somebody who's been in the craft for a while and then you see something that it has existed, but you see it come to light more and you're like, oh, I guess that is like a thing that people are doing now. But what I've really learned from that is most of the things that are labels within it, like to say you're a sea witch, um, or to say that you're a cottage witch or a kitchen witch, you're basically just saying that one aspect of the craft applies to you when you can gain something from every different part of it. So don't limit yourself to one certain thing. I know that especially now in the day of social media, appearances and aesthetics are really interesting. Um, and especially for young people because it really feels nice to be able to identify with something, but I promise you, your craft is going to look so different like five years later from when you start. And when you start, your supplies aren't always going to be the best. Uh, you're not going to understand everything fully. You're going to need to change. I, do you know how many times I've found myself thinking that something specific would work for me in my craft and then tossing it in the garbage? And <laughs> that's not the most sacred way to do it um but it happens sometimes and 
stuff like that can seem so wrong when you start practicing, but I promise it is just part of it. You're learning something that's so personal to you, along with trying to gain insight from others. So you're going to want to give yourself the space to grow and learn and not hold yourself to a certain standard because you don't want to bring stress into such a beautiful practice that doesn't necessarily need to be stressful. And I get it. I'm... I'm a person with a really dysregulated nervous system, and you're gonna probably at times find yourself being upset with the way you've practiced something or just the way things are laid out or not, you know, quote unquote, doing enough for your craft. Life comes in waves. Allow yourself the leniency to experience it. You're not doing this performatively. This is something that is supposed to be intrinsically part of you. It's a lifestyle. So... Allow yourself grace for that. And going from there, I also want to say, when you start practicing, you don't need to reach out to others about it. You don't, if you want to, that's totally, that's awesome, that's sick, go for it, cool. But if you feel a little bit nervous, (laughs) allow yourself to be, to keep this personal. So much is public now, and I feel like there's so much beauty, and this is somebody who (laughs) posts about witchcraft, this is coming from, so, you know, take what I'm saying with a grain of salt. But... At least when you start practicing, allow this to become something personal to you. Don't seek validation in others and learn. Just just start by learning and doing. And it will come to you naturally when you give yourself the space to learn what it actually means for you personally. And it also ties into, you know, comparison is a thief of joy when you're looking up to certain witches and thinking, I need to be doing it exactly like them. That's not going to serve you because you are not them. And the reason I say keep part of it to yourself when you're first beginning and learning about witchcraft is because you will have such a stronger and deeper connection not applying other people to your personal craft all the time. When I started practicing witchcraft, it wasn't commonly something... I mean, there's renaissances for witchcraft. The 90s, you know, if you go back to the 50s, if you go to right now because new forms of social media. But when you... When I when I first started posting, I didn't post about it publicly because I was worried about scrutiny. Because at the time, it was still talked about. There was definitely communities for it online, but it wasn't as commonly talked about as it is now. And I think not necessarily like that fear was a good thing, but I do feel like the hermit card moment I had with it, with my craft personally, gave me such a deeper and stronger connection to not only the philosophy around it, my purpose statement, and just the practice itself. Because it was like something that was part of me. I didn't feel the need to go out and look for external validation from other witches for it. I learned about it on my own time. I decided what really aligned with me. And I think that's the best way to go about it is to allow yourself to understand your personal craft. And then once you really feel like you're in a stable place with it and you've started to develop a practice... You can look for community, you can openly talk about it, identify with that witch archetype publicly. And this is going to be the last little piece of advice I give today. I'm going to do a Q&A with... I, I actually posted a video where I said, if you have questions related to the craft that you want me to talk about in my podcast or YouTube videos, comment them on this video. So that's still there if you have questions. Um, but the last thing I'm going to say 
is when you start researching, even for something as simple as this podcast, when you're listening to Insight from Other Witches, when you're researching the actual craft and practical application, I recommend jotting it down, taking notes to whatever you feel like applies to you. Not only will this give you the opportunity to look at these notes and see what aligns and what similarities you can find and then look for more things in that realm, but it also just gives you the opportunity, and this is when you hear people talk about their Book of Shadows, to see what you've learned, to see what's changed, and to keep track of concepts that will eventually start to slip your mind. This is a lot of information. You know, unless you have photographic memory or (laughs) there's another one um, where you hear something and you can't forget it, but it's just, you know, you can't expect yourself to have the encyclopedia in your mind. When you start, when you learn something, you're going to want to look back on it later. So the best advice I can give everyone to not be like me, to not just read the books and then close them and be like, cool, I retained that information, and then have to reread the entire thing. Uh, jot that information down. It'll serve you in the future. And you can throw out what you want, keep what you want later. Also, don't feel the need to take the advice of, write it down physically, you'll retain it better. Yes, but if you're practicing witchcraft actively, and you have those notes, you're eventually going to start to remember these things as you practice them over and over and over again, you want to remember why you're doing it and the concepts behind it. And most of the time you're going to have to look back on it. Some of it you'll remember, some of it you won't. But if you feel like it's more accessible for you to write these things down digitally, notes app, computer, nobody cares. It might not look as aesthetic, but if it suits you, if it works for you, allow yourself to do that. If you'd rather write it on paper, if you'd rather have your big physical book of shadows with a cool design and binder and all that, that's also sick. Do that if it suits you. But again, personal. This is, I think the takeaway from this episode is do things that serve you personally so you can thrive in your craft. (laughs) Anyway, uh, that is going to be the last little bit of insight and commentary I give today. Thank you all for joining me so much. I know this episode was a bit long. I'm planning to keep it under the 30 minute mark going forward, but I just wanted to get to know you guys well. Um, Hopefully you get a sense of who I am as a witch. And if you guys have any questions, I am on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok under the username M-A-Y-A-F-A-E-R-I-E, Maya Fairy on all platforms. Um, if you have any business inquiries or you are a influencer or figure in the witchcraft community who would like to join this podcast and be part of this movement, you can go ahead and email me at magictothemind at gmail.com. I also post every week about witchcraft in video form and written form. And I am also currently working on a book, so if you would like to follow me on any of my platforms to keep updated on what I'm doing and get insight that I do not mention on this podcast, please feel free to do so. I sincerely appreciate all the support. Thank you so much for joining me today. Have a wonderful morning, evening, afternoon, wherever you are in the world, and blessed be.